We take one last look at this weekend's critical NFC East division matchup between the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants. And Chris sits down with former NFL quarterback Boomer Esiason. All of that right now on this episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WSA 9 Plus app, which you can find on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. And we thank you for making this first listen or your first view of the day. I'm David Harrison. He is Chris Russell, both of us credential members of the media covering your Washington Commanders. Chris is doing it for the Team 980, where you can find he and Pete Medhurst live Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern. And you can find myself doing it in writing for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. All right, David. Absolutely. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I should note, I just put in two. 14 game parlays on mm. bet online before we started recording the Friday episode. I do this as a weekly habit. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I bet all the favorites and then I bet all the underdogs Oof. in every NFL game on the calendar in one massive parlay bet. So if the underdogs hit, your boy's yeah. going to win a lot of money. I mean, I'll share some with you. I was going to say, are you coming to work? If, if you hit, that's got to be pretty high stakes there. I might take a couple of days off, but I'll, I'll share I'll share some with you. I'll give you a Christmas bonus. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I probably will not hit. But I, it's you got to be in it to win. Hey, man. All right, let's check out the final injury report for the Commanders and the Giants, uh, David. As uh, we we got that now, um, and for the Washington Commanders, it's uh, it's a mix of good and bad, as it often is at this time of the year. Benjamin St. Juice is going to miss a second consecutive game. So is Dax Milne. And Trey Turner is also out. Remember, he uh, got banged up in last Sunday's win uh, against um, the Atlanta Falcons and had to be uh, subbed in uh, Sadiq Charles for him. Now, sort of good news, I guess, is Antonio Gibson is questionable for the game. He was limited on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday, limited again on Friday, and Chase Young was limited all three days, Wednesday through Friday. They are both listed as questionable for the commanders. And here is the good news. Tyler Larson and Logan Thomas were both full go on Friday and have no game designation. So, David, when you hear and process all that, what do you think? Um, I think I think the biggest part of this has to be Antonio Gibson, right? Because if Antonio Gibson is off the field, you know, if, if he can't go um, on Sunday, you know, then that's just that's half your running attack, really, that the New York mm-hmm. Giants don't have to account for, don't have to, to game. Well, they, they're going to game plan for it, but they don't have to, to strategize in real time uh, against it because Jonathan Williams is, is fully a fully capable guy, but he's more of a Brian Robinson than he is mm-hmm. an Antonio Gibson. So, you know, if you were looking for an Antonio Gibson replacement, it would be J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick isn't coming back uh, anytime soon that that I can tell. So, you know, really, it, it just kind of it kind of bottles up your offense a little bit. It makes you more of a, a power gap type run, you know, team than than some of the zone runs. 
zone gap mix that we that we see Scott Turner like to mix in. And and, and you like having that ability because again, it gives you the opportunity to kind of test the test the waters. And you know, look, if we're if we're gashing them with our zone runs, let's continue with the zone runs. And that's when AG has his big day. And if we're hitting them hard with the gap runs, let's continue doing that. And that's when Brian Robinson has his big day. But if you're kind of isolated because of the absence of Antonio Gibson, then you know it just makes you easier to defend. And and in these division matchups that are always uh, a tough competition, no matter who's playing who, you you need every advantage that you can possibly get. Yeah, and you know the, the Gibson one, and I absolutely agree with you. It's by far the most important one, even though St. Juice is certainly important. Right. I, maybe because Christian Holmes played okay last week and you still have Kendall Fuller and you have the three safeties and they can help out in coverage, including Bobby McCain, more on him coming up uh, later on. I, I think Gibson is more important slightly than St. Juice in my mind. And almost all of the reasons that you just mentioned, but I'll throw in one more layer to this. Remember, Dax Milne is already out. Antonio Gibson is your primary kick returner. So if Milne already out and Antonio Gibson can't play, then who returns kicks? Is it Danny Johnson who has some history doing that? I would presume that would be your answer. I guess you could put Jahan Dotson back there, right? Didn't he do some of that? Uh, during training camp, yeah. at least, if certainly got the ability, goes. and he's on the he's on the roster. He's on the right. depth chart for it. Right, exactly. So you know, which again, you'll have a body. Oh, Alex Erickson. Alex Erickson right. will 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 probably get the most likely crack. But they didn't have him do that last week. They only had him do punts. So you know, it does affect multiple positions. But you are absolutely yeah. correct. It makes it easier for the Giants to zero in on the running game. Number one and number two, it takes away a dynamic extra passing option, especially if. Jahan Han Dotson is still not really being incorporated into the passing game. I don't yeah. think Curtis Samuel had uh, what do you have one yeah. uh, one target or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, neither of those guys so, are heavily involved right now. Exactly, exactly. How do we feel about Chase Young? Um, Ron was asked right off the top uh, earlier on Friday by reporters, uh, and he basically said he he had a good day. Uh, we'll mm. evaluate him on Sunday. I get the sense this is just me that they will hold on another week with the bye week and get yeah. him stronger and stronger, even though he would only play in a very limited package. What's your feel? Uh, I, I relatively, generally speaking, I agree. And I, and I kind of go back to, and you know, look, coach speak is coach speak, right? But this entire time, the, the message from the team has been until chase can do everything at full speed uh, during practice without mm -hmm. having, you know, lingering effects the day after and, and all that stuff. We're not going to put him on the playing field. Well, if he's limited in practice and he's not doing everything, and he's certainly not doing everything full speed if he's not even doing everything at all. So, uh, you know, it, taking it literally, then that would mean that he's not going to play because he's not doing everything full speed of practice before he puts him. They put him on the playing field, right? But again, Coach Speak is Coach Speak, and it could be well everything we've asked him to do, he's done at full speed and he's felt right. fine. So we're going to put him. Okay, got it. You know what I mean? That and that's that's and it, and he could just change his mind. That's a coach's prerogative uh, to go ahead and do that. I do want to take this opportunity to talk about Chase. To just address something real quick, Chris, I sent out a tweet from the press conference yesterday with Jack Del Rio. It caught, you know, pretty good amount of traction. Didn't like go viral, but it, it it did better than most of the tweets that I sent out did. And it referred to Jack Del Rio saying, uh, you know, he was asked kind of what is what did he want Chase Young's focus to be if and when he returns on the field. And, and Jack said, just basically go out there, don't make it about yourself. Do what you need to do within the, the framework of the team. And a lot of people took that to be that Jack Del Rio basically saying. Chase needs to not make it about himself. And, and I want to kind of clear. I sent a, a clarifying tweet, but of course that tweet didn't get the traction mm -hmm. that the original tweet got. So I just want to put it out there. 
I didn't take it, and I didn't ask Jack for clarification, to be quite honest with you as well, but I didn't take it as Jack saying that Chase would make it about himself, only that basically everybody, and we're, we're talking about it right now, everybody else would make that game, that moment about Chase Young returning, and he wants his young player to block all that out and just focus on doing his job. So I just want to kind of clarify that while I had a, a small opportunity to do so. Yeah, I saw that quote. I did not see the video or listen to the audio, to be honest with you, uh, and I was intrigued by it. I only it only struck a chord in my mind because of what Ron and Jack said about Chase last year. Right. And that and that's what a lot of people are drawing. For. And I totally get it. I like I'm not, you know, I totally get why people took it that way. And that's that's you know, that's what's hard with written word versus mm -hmm. spoken and 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 heard, I guess, word. Um, but I just want to like I said, that's just my impression of it. And maybe somebody else did, did listen to Jack and they're like, no, I took it exactly the, the negative way, and that's fine. Um, but I just yeah, like I said, I just want to throw that. A little bit of a clarifier out there. No, understood. All right, quickly for the Giants, Adoree Jackson, Shane Lemieux, an offensive guard and offensive lineman uh, Josh Azidu are all out for Sunday's game. Tight end Daniel Bellinger, who had a couple of touchdowns earlier in the year. Defensive back Dane Belton. Running back Gary Brightwell, a backup to Saquon Barkley. Linebacker Carter Coughlin. Uh, offensive lineman John Feliciano. Wide receiver Richie James. Defensive back Darnay Holmes. Cornerback and former Washington corner, Fabian Moreau, and wide receiver Darius Slayton, all are questionable. Slayton practiced on Wednesday, wouldn't have practiced if the Giants practiced on Thursday. They did not, but then did not practice again with the illness on Friday, and that is something to keep an eye on because he, because of injury and ineffectiveness of uh, uh, of Kenny Galladay is by far their most dangerous weapon from a receiving yeah. aspect outside of uh, Saquon Barkley. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll have uh, full coverage from MetLife Stadium. Both David and I, you know, knock on wood for the football gods that we all make it there safe. We are planning to be at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford on Sunday. Absolutely. Boomer Esiason will probably not be at MetLife Stadium, but he will be here <laughs> on the Locked On Commanders podcast because Chris sat down with the former Cincinnati Bengals, great uh, for a conversation about you know things football. This is a, this is an experienced football guy, so we want to pick his brain about some football topics. We'll get to that here in a minute, and we're going to do so thanks to our friends over at Prize Picks because this episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Prize Picks and PrizePicks.com daily fantasy that is fun, easy to compete, and it's quick to play. So it takes you less than sixty seconds. You build yourself a roster of two to five players and you project whether or not they're going to score less or more than their prize picks projection. doesn't matter what Chris does. doesn't matter what I do. doesn't matter what anybody else in your family or your friends or your circle of fantasy football legends does. It's just you versus the projections, and if you hit it, you can win up to 10 times your money, and they offer projections in any sport you watch. Of course, NFL, or else we wouldn't be talking about it on the show, but you've also got NBA, hockey, college football, which is obviously uh, heating up, so if you think you know exactly what's going to happen, you can go ahead and get in there and make some projections. Entries, again, can be made in less than a minute. And they offer safe and fast withdrawals better than most uh, competitors out there. Currently operational over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up today and play with them. First-time users, you get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code Locked On. So if you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget, that's promo code Locked On at sign up to get that instant deposit match up to $100. All right, thanks once again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view each and every day. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every 
today. For your second listen and view, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. So as David mentioned, uh, going into our first message, we got a chance, or I got a chance, I should say, to catch up with Boomer Esiason from the NFL on CBS, WFAN in New York, CBS Sports Network, and a former NFL MVP and Maryland Terrapins quarterback. Part of my conversation with the great Boomer Esiason right here, right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Boomer Esiason, who, of course, you hear as the co-host on Boomer and Geo on WFAN in New York uh, and the Odyssey app, CBS Sports Network on the television side. And as well, you see on the NFL on CBS with JB and the crew uh, each and every Sunday. Uh, and you know him as legendary former NFL quarterback, MVP, Maryland quarterback, and voice of Monday Night Football. Boomer has done it all and has done so much off the field and as well on the field. You know, Chris, it's great to be with you. And, you know, the day that I die, I'm going to make sure that you get a chance to do the uh, the eulogy. Thank you for that very nice introduction. That was, uh, that was a little bit too much, but just goes to show you how busy I am these days. The Taylor Heineke story, Boomer, I can't quite get my hands around it. Uh, I watch him every week. I watch him snap after snap. I watch all the, the the game tape and all that. I'm not a coach. I'm not a scout, but I've been around this business for a long time. I mean, he makes some plays. First drive the other day against the Falcons. They come out in the rain, boom, 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 right down the field, pass, pass, pass. But then there's some mystifying moments. Is that just, I, I don't want to say, is that just what he is? But is that just the nature of how hard the quarterback position that you're just not going to find the level of consistency when a guy doesn't have like a howitzer for an arm? And even if he does, he might still not be consistent. You know, I, I, I like Taylor Heineke for this reason and this reason only. His teammates respect him, admire him, and want to play for him. And mm -hmm. I can see that it's the most important thing for a quarterback to have. Now, if I take uh, that and I compare that to Russell Wilson out in Denver right now or Zach Wilson with the New York Jets, it's the complete opposite. They've mm -hmm. lost their locker rooms. So it's important to have everybody on your team supporting you. And you can see the defensive players. They love them. You know, he's over there with the fist pumps. He's high-fiving everybody. He's bumping into his offensive linemen, all the things – that you want. Now, I would love a guy to be six foot five and be able to be like Josh Allen or, you know, like Joe Burrow, but not everybody is built that way. And, and those guys are the creme de la creme of the NFL quarterback world. So what I think Ron Rivera is recognizing as a former player himself is just how Taylor Heineke has ignited his team. You can't take away the fact that they're six and one in their last seven games. And he's been a big part of all of that. And he's not, you know, he'll make a mistake. He'll be a little uber aggressive throwing the football, and he may throw some balls into coverage. But then again, you know, you don't want to kind of curtail him and say, hey, just don't go out there and manage the game. Because then all of a sudden he becomes more of a liability than he is an asset. So I, I appreciate what he's doing, and I appreciate what Ron Rivera is saying, that he's my starting quarterback. My team is reacting to him. And even if uh, Carson Wentz comes back, you know, Carson's still there. We could use him if we need him. Uh, but right now, this is Taylor Heineke's team, and I appreciate that. How would you manage that situation, though, Boomer? Wentz has been back at practice for one week. Wentz was the guy they chose over Heineke, clearly. Um, they invested a lot of resources into him, money and trade. He obviously didn't play great for six games, but there were some glimpses. Uh, he's been out for six games now. 
I know Heineke has been announced as a starter, but if Heineke struggles, which he does do, and they lose, do you go back to Carson Wentz if he's cleared uh, and has looked okay in practice, or do you stay with Heineke beyond just one loss and one bad performance? Well, it all depends on what the loss looks like, what the performance looks like. I mean, there are a lot of different ways that you can win a game and a lot of different ways that you can lose a game. Now, these next two games against the Giants with this weird schedule and the, right. the bye in between these two games, you know, these are games that if I'm a Commanders fan, if I'm a Commanders player, I got to believe I'm going to win these games because the Giants record really doesn't reflect who they are. You know, they have a lot of injuries. They do not have many, if any, explosive players on offense with the exception of Saquon Barkley. They have a solid offensive line. Their secondary is decimated. Um, this is a team that has probably played over its head. Brian Dable has done a great job uh, with the offense and with the overall mindset of the team, the culture within the locker room. Wink Martindale, their defense coordinator, tends to be really aggressive. So if you're not ready for the blitz, you know, you're going to look bad at times. So I think now that everybody has Wink on tape for about eight or nine games, 11, I should say 11 games, uh, people are more prepared to play against that blitz and are taking advantage of it. So uh, I would say that, you know, this is the Giants season is teetering where the commanders are surging. The Giants are kind of falling off a little bit. And the Giants schedule now is going to be a part of, you know, big part of it's going to be the NFC East. And they don't match up well with these teams. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens this week. If I were a betting man on this week, which I am, uh, <laughs> I would say it's going to be a low scoring, tight game. Both teams are not great offensively, and it's going to be somewhere like 24 to 21, 23 to 20, something like that. And I do believe the commander should be a one-and-a-half-point favorite. They are the better team, and I believe they have the better roster. Scoring and passing down across the board in the league, I, I don't have all the numbers. And I mean, you know, you watch mm -hmm. all the games. I watch the mm -hmm. same games. Is it because defenses have adjusted, you know, with two deep safeties and all that and playing that more, or is there something – wrong with the current crop of quarterbacks outside of your Josh Allens and your Patrick Mahomes and, and I guess now maybe even Tua? Well, we've seen a lot of backup quarterbacks playing this year. We've seen a lot of guys injured. Uh, Tua was injured there for a while, so Miami wasn't the same offense that they are now when he's healthy. Um, I also think that, you know, defenses are playing, you know, differently. I think uh, they're playing with two deep safeties. They're playing with the umbrella coverage. Unless, of course, you're playing the Tennessee Titans, and then right. you're going to be playing with nine guys around a line of scrimmage and saying good luck to Ryan Tannehill because he has the same situation in Tennessee that Aaron Rodgers has up in Green Bay. Like, who is he throwing to? It's kind of like Daniel Jones here in New York. Like, who is Daniel Jones throwing the ball to? And so those numbers are going to be stunted. And when you watch the Giants play the Commanders this week, you'll see that. You'll see an offense that doesn't really have a lot of big plays to it. So that's why the Josh Allens, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, Tua Tungabailoa, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Look at the group of players that those guys are playing with. And look at the coaches that they have calling the plays. And that there's only like, I would say about eight teams that kind of fit that mold. And then the rest, the 24 other teams are all struggling to score 21 to 24 points. Yeah. And a couple of those guys from the Shanahan tree that I once worked with on a daily basis uh, for four years. And of course they all left Washington and have on, go, gone on to great success uh, elsewhere. Um, one last thing, and I know you got to run the Boomer Siasen Foundation. Uh, I have a son with Down syndrome and autism. So, you know, um, I, 
charitable endeavors are very close to my heart and, and, and different challenges, what you've gone through with your son, Gunner, and cystic fibrosis. Um, you know, you've done amazing, amazing work, but for those that haven't been able to contribute for whatever reason, or those that don't know the story, uh, can you just share a little bit with us? Yeah, well, in 93, Gunnar was diagnosed with CF at the age of two. It's a genetic disease. We didn't know that we carried the gene, my wife and I, Cheryl. And uh, so Gunnar was uh, diagnosed at the age of two. So that was about 30 years ago. And uh, they told us that he would probably go to college. Uh, that would probably be the best place for him to be. And, and maybe that would be a good thing for him. Uh, but don't expect much after that. And he, when he did graduate from Boston College in, in 2013, he felt like he was at end stage illness, which would mean a double lung transplant. 2018, a new drug came to the forefront and it changed his life. He went to uh, the Dartmouth-Tuck School of Business and uh, graduated with a business degree, has now got a full-time, full-paying job. And he and his wife got married last year. And lo and behold, on Christmas, uh, he had a son born and he is the biological father, which in itself is a miracle for a cystic fibrosis mm. male. So uh, he's my hero. My grandson is my miracle. And it's been a uh, it's been a it's been a wonderful yet frustrating but also fulfilling thirty years. Man, I love it. Uh, you've you've been such an inspiration just to me. Even though you know, again, cystic fibrosis is different. Uh, you've done wonderful work again, not only on the field, behind the camera, behind the mic, uh, but off the field. Uh, and you should be very much saluted for that. Uh, thank you, Boomer, for all your time. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate. It. Great to see you again. You have a great day. All right. Thanks once again to Boomer Esiason for joining me there. If you want to listen to the whole interview, it's available on Odyssey. Uh, if you go to the team980.com, Russell and Medhurst, you've got the whole the uh, whole audio version uh, there as well if you want to hear a little bit more from Boomer Esiason. All right, David, it is time for our key players, bold predictions, and final scores. They are coming up next. Did I pick the commanders? Who the intrigue will see. But first, this episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. Fine. Think like a champion now, wherever you get your podcasts. Think like a champion is a brand new podcast from Russell Wilson and Audible. Russ is a champion on the field, but off of it, we rarely know the grind on the path to greatness, certainly the struggles that go along with it and the success. Russell Wilson, along with co-host Harry Wilson, and now the late Trevor Moad, uh, digs into how high-performance athletes, artists, and leaders push the boundaries of their potential. Here, two-time Super Bowl champion and MVP Von Miller delivering sharp insights about performing at your highest level in moments of extreme pressure or NCAA champion Tim Tebow discussing how to find your personal, unique mission in the world. Each episode features interviews with Olympic medalists, NFL stars, and business leaders, host swap stories on mental techniques and what it takes to create elite performances. It's available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcast. All right, so you off from the weekend here, closing out this episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Time for our key players, our bowl predictions, and our score predictions. And Chris, I'm going to start us off. My key player for the Washington Commanders to keep winning, to potentially, well, to guarantee themselves actually to move into the sixth spot in the NFC and to stay very, very in the mix of this of this playoff race potentially come out of 
their next game against the same opponent, potentially the fifth seed. Like this is this is craziness. It's gonna be Taylor Heineke. It's gonna be the quarterback Taylor Heineke, and it's not gonna be because I think the Washington Commanders are gonna come out throwing the ball all over you through the yard. Although I would love to see another twenty-plus yard play action completion to Terry McLaurin to start this game off. Um, I think it's gonna be because of the New York Giants, and and even with Antonio Gibson potentially playing, like make no mistake about it, that foot is bothering him. Like there is an issue with that foot, even if he's active. So I think that the, the Washington players are obviously going to want to come in. They're going to want to 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 have Brian Robinson carry more of the load as much as they can. Jonathan Williams, I fully expect to get some touches as well. But the New York Giants, I think this is a situation, you look at this team where you've got to make Taylor Heineke prove this season. And we've seen him do some other things. And, and you know, his career high as a starter actually came against the New York Giants in week two of last season. But I think if you're in the New York Giants defense, you come out and you say, you know, what? we're going to make Taylor prove to us that he can beat us with his arm and how you do that. You, you keep their running game from being effective. You put them in second, and eight, second and nine, third and six, third and seven, force the commanders to put the ball in Taylor Heineke's hands. He had over 30 attempts in his first two starts of this season has had fewer than 30 in each of the last four. The Washington commanders do not want to throw the ball uh, as much as possible. They want to control the clock, pound it. Uh, Washington's one in six when Heineke throws the ball more than 35 times. That's not good. They're five and one. When the commanders hold the ball for 33 minutes or more and an alternate two and four when they hold the ball for less time. So obviously the key to success here is throw the ball less, control the clock, run the ball. If the Giants can combat that, put the hands of Taylor, put the ball in Taylor Heineke's hands, then that makes him uber, uber important. I think that's what they're going to do. So I have Taylor Heineke as my key player for this game. Interesting. I thought about going with Daniel Jones uh, in a little reverse split here, yeah. Uh, yeah. if you will. Uh, but, you know, being that this is the Locked On Commanders podcast, uh, the reason why I was going to go with Daniel Jones is he's had a lot of success, including in that game that you mentioned where they went score for score on that Thursday night in week two last year. Uh, but he's had a lot of success in general. Remember, he didn't play in the season finale against uh, Washington, a game that Washington won up at MetLife Stadium uh, mm -hmm. last January in a game that really meant nothing but cost Washington uh, some draft uh, slots. So anyway, I was going to go with Daniel Jones. I, I backed off. Here's who I'm going to go with, and maybe this is a little bit of a reach, but I hope you'll appreciate this. Bobby McCain. Mentioned him earlier in the show, the nickel slash safety, uh, you know, nickel corner slash safety. Um, he might be freed up in this game, David, to do more roving and more pressuring and more blitzing because the Giants don't really have the weapons that can hurt you. I mean, we mentioned Kenny Galladay and the Chateau Bow Wow. They already traded away Kadarius Tony Sterling Shepard's out for the year. Um, Darius Slayton comes into this game missing the last couple of games. We don't even know if he's going to be able to play uh, on Sunday. I'm guessing he will, but how will he be in terms of endurance and breathing and all that stuff? Who knows? Um, you know, Bobby McCain had a meaningless pick six in that game last year at MetLife, so he's got a little bit of success there. He's played there plenty from his time with the Dolphins against the Jets uh, really every year, so he's kind of continued that. Again, the Giants really banged up and really thin at wide receiver. So to me, I think Bobby McCain, I wonder, especially if Daniel Jones is hurting them on read option keepers, if Bobby McCain's the guy that's freed up to make those plays on, you know, say like, the 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 wide side of the line of scrimmage, if you will, where Marcus Mariota hit them with a couple of quarterback read option keepers, or if you see McCain pressuring in off of that side. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be huge. I mean, just like the Taylor Heineke numbers, right? You look at this Washington Bears defense. Last week, Marcus Mariota had to throw the ball 25 times. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but the Atlanta Falcons really don't have any success in games if Marcus Mariota throws the ball more than 20 times. All their wins pretty much come when Marcus is throwing it 20 times or less. 
So making the Falcons throw more. The Houston Texans week before, Davis Mills, anytime he throws the ball more than 30 times, the Texans have not come away with the win. They've got one tie in all of those games. So again, forcing teams to do exactly what they don't want to do, which is what we're talking about the Giants potentially wanting to do. But I think that you have to be more confident that the commander's defense can force them to do that more than the Giants defense probably can force uh, the commanders to do, especially if AG is maybe a little bit healthier than I am perceiving, uh, which is certainly possible, which kind of leads into my bold prediction. If you got to put the ball in Daniel Jones's hands more, you talk about Bobby McCain's pick six. You already mentioned Christian Holmes, who had a pretty solid week last mm-hmm. week in replacement or in uh, understudy duty for Benjamin St. Juice scored just under 70, according to PFF and pass coverage, which is still green. It's not, you know, the mm-hmm. greatest score in the world, but it's still green. And look for a late round rookie getting his first start. I think it's, that's pretty stinking good. And I think he's going to follow that up this weekend with an interception. Hmm. It's just one right. interception. Maybe that doesn't come across as bold, but this is Christian Holmes, who most people penciled in as maybe even a practice squad guy to start the season, mostly a special teams guy. But here he is. It's playoff time. It's December football, and he's getting a start, not just because Benjamin St. Juice is injured, but because he's earned the rights to not just be the backup, but be the guy that, you know what, when the starter goes down, we don't go looking for the vet walking the street to come in for a plug-and-play situation. No, we let the rookie Go out there and play. I think he rewards Jack Del Rio with an interception. I like that. He had a nice run stop uh, on the edge, uh, I believe, on the second Falcon series, maybe third Falcon series uh, last week. Also did have that personal foul face mask, which put them in position to score one of their touchdowns. But overall, I agree with you, played pretty well for a seventh-round rookie. Uh, I have two for my bold predictions. One is probably not going to sit well with the fan base, but whatever. Uh, Joey <laughs> Sly, I think, will miss a critical field goal that will cost that could could cost the Commanders this game. I know he won the NFC Special Teams Player yeah. of the Month. I got it. I know he's 10 for 10. He's an adventure. It's always dangerous to kick at MetLife Stadium at East Rutherford. The wind is always swirling around there. Dustin Hopkins missed one back in 2020 to get the game started the last time I I was in the building. Uh, so, you know, that's just something to keep an eye on. Joey slide maybe misses a critical field goal that could cost the commanders the game. Also real quickly, Taylor Heineke, your key player. Mm-hmm. I say he has two interceptions and two touchdown passes. And hopefully that allows the Washington commanders to be in a position to win the game at the very end. And David, yeah. your score prediction that you gave with Patricia Trana on the crossover Thursday edition was. My score prediction is close, 21 to 20. The Washington Commanders are, what, three-point favorites, uh, according to our friends over at Bet Online. I'm interested because, I mean, so Joey Sly's missing a field goal. Taylor Heineke's throwing two interceptions. Granted, he's, he's throwing two touchdowns. He's also throwing two interceptions. The Commanders like to keep these games to about 10 possessions. So <laughs> Taylor Heineke is throwing, you know, 20% of their possessions away, uh, for, 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 for lack of a better term. So. I can't imagine you have the commander scoring a lot of points. And, and I, I feel like most Giants fans, if you told them Heineke's going to throw two picks and Sly's going to miss a kick, they think, okay, well, uh, you know, the Giants are going to win this game. So what do you, what do you, what do you have going on here? Well, I, I think everything you just said there in a nutshell is pretty close to being accurate. And I don't have it being a high scoring game, but at least based on our track record on this particular show, over the course of this year, every time I pick the commanders, they win. They win. Yeah. Hail to the commanders, 17 oh, 14. Go. How about I like that? how you threw your left hand up there too, didn't you? Ah, there you go. I didn't even <laughs> do that on purpose. I <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. You got me. <laughs> so listen, up. who are we? The commanders. Up to the up to this point, going to our preseason projections, Chris. 
up to this week, after the coming off the Falcons game, you had the commanders at six and six, which is pretty stinking close. I had the commanders at seven and five, which is spot on, not on. the same way, right? Head There's on. some, some wins and losses that are different here. Um, but we both do. We both had this, this team beating the giants, uh, coming into the bye. uh, in, in our original projections, and we have them winning coming out of the bye, as and well. also making so, the playoffs too, right? Both and also making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, well, you haven't finished nine and eight, which right. is playoff worthy, especially in the NFC this year. I haven't finishing ten and seven, which I think ten and seven is certainly a playoff Absolutely. spot. So, yeah. So, I mean, look, we're close. We're 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 pretty close, and the Commanders have obviously been close. We'll see. Uh, you know, one game last year against the Giants was close. One not so close. Obviously, you hope for the for the second uh, version if you're a Commanders fan and. We'll, uh, we'll see. Next time we talk to our, our listeners and viewers, we'll know what the result was. I think, according to Football Outsiders, uh, it's a 94 and 95% chance if they sweep this head-to-head with the Giants uh, of them making the playoffs. We will yeah. see. Got to take care of business. Game one at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. Again, knock on wood, we'll both be there at MetLife Stadium. So we will have, uh, hopefully, again, an episode for you on Sunday evening after the Commanders and Giants. Thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view of the day for your second listen and view. Again, check out Locked On Sports Today with Peter Bukowski and friends from the Games That Matter. The most of the biggest stories in sports and the commanders are becoming one. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, uh, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hop in, it's 301-615-3577. 301-615-3577. Either way, we'll be back after the game Sunday in East Rutherford. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, enjoy the game. Uh, and hey, if you see us at MetLife Stadium, come and say hello and bring us a little sausage and parmesan, huh? We're in New York. We're East Rutherford, New Jersey. As always, thanks for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. <laughs>